Hello listeners welcome back to techbits today we are going to discuss about 12 factor app what is a 12 factor app before trying to understand what is meant by 12 factor app we need to understand a term called cloud native when we hear this term we understand it is something related to cloud cloud native application development is an approach to building running and improving apps based on well known techniques and technologies for cloud computing Any application that needs to be deployed to cloud should be cloud native but in order to manage these we need to follow certain principles and these 12 principles will help us in maintaining a cloud native application If you want to know more about cloud I have already made an episode on it you can check it out Without further ado let's discuss 12 factor app These 12 factors in deciding whether an app can be truly cloud native are carefully crafted by many developers who have developed cloud based applications and these are the most common principles that you may also come across so let's take a look at them one at a time first code base one code base tracked in revision control many deploys in software development it is quite often that more than one person will be involved in a project In order to maintain this project we need to have a code base in a single repository to track all the changes done by developers we need to have a certain mechanism this mechanism is called version control there are many ways you can do this version controlling but the popular one is git there are many providers who provide git as a repo manager like bitbucket git itself and so on you can choose any one of these for your project code management The point of maintaining all of this code in a single repository is to make sure that all the changes are tracked and if there is any error in the current version we can simply roll back to the previous stable version. This is important principle in cloud native app because it is very easy to track all the changes. Also, there should be a one to one mapping between code base and app. So one app means one code base. This also makes it easy to maintain different environments like development, staging, testing production and so on because the underlying code base will remain the same second dependencies most programming languages offer a packaging system to package your application for development popular ones are maven for java applications npm or node package manager for javascript based applications and so on what these package managers will do is to look at the configuration and try to package your application with necessary dependencies Let's take an example of Maven for Java applications. What Maven does is it looks at the pom.xml file to find all the dependencies that are required for the application and then it packages the final jar based on these dependencies. The advantage of using the dependency manager is that you don't have to tightly couple your application code base with packages. You can simply mention the package name in the config file like pom.xml and whenever you want to deploy the application then all of these dependencies will be downloaded and packaged this way we don't have to maintain these dependencies rather we are going to pull them on a need basis third config app configuration is the only thing that separates between environments let's say you have three environments dev test and prod you have three databases for the application to connect in each environment and these environments and databases have one to one mapping What do you think is the difference between all these environments? It's the configuration which is used to connect to these databases, right? Now, 
A question arises, how do we manage these configuration files? Should it be in code? If so, what happens when the current database is down and you want to quickly change the database to a newly created one? It is time consuming process as you can think of the steps that you need to follow to deploy the same app just by changing one line of code. So, it is always recommended to have these configurations as part of the environment variables or as part of a config file that is centrally managed like a config server. This way, we are decoupling the code from its configuration. Now, it's really easy to make config changes by not redeploying the app. Fourth, backing services. There are many services that you can attach to an application. For example, you can have a Kafka service which is an event end mechanism or MySQL database or a caching mechanism like Memcache. How should we treat all these services? These services should be easily pluggable which means let's say you have one of the service down. You should be able to remove it and add a new service with a minimal downtime. This principles hold good for all the backing services that your application is dependent upon. The only caveat here is we need to do all of these operations without any code changes. Fifth, build, release, run. These are the typical phases in application development and deployment lifecycle. Let's try to look at each of them. Build. This phase is mainly used to convert a static repo to an executable bundle, which can later be deployed to different environments. Release. This is a phase where we try to combine the bundle which gets generated in a build phase and try to apply configuration on top of it so that it is ready to be deployed to a runtime environment. Run. As the name suggests, this phase is mainly used to run your application on specific runtime environment. For example, you need to have a JRE, also known as Java runtime environment, to run your Java applications. Depending on the programming language you choose, there are predefined scripts that you can use to facilitate all of these processes. Let's take same example of Java and Maven, where Maven will have command like Maven build to perform the build operation and Maven run to run the application. So, the main focus here is to separate out all of these phases so that it is easy to maintain the application deployment lifecycle. There are many tools out there which manages these for you, like Jenkins, which can run all of your scripts on your behalf and take care of the deployment lifecycle. Sixth, processes. Every app should be executed as one or more process. If you take a look at Java application, then you have a command like run, which runs your application. The main idea here is to make these processes stateless. Let's take a typical web application. We must be fetching app-related information from other services or from a database. So the idea here is to make the app as stateless as possible so that we are not going to store any local information. The reason being, if you try to store this information locally, then there is a possibility of loss of information. Let's say the application is storing some amount of information as a state. If for some reason that application goes down, then we are going to lose that data that is locally stored. This is very brittle. So we always have to use backing services or a database to store all the information related to a web application. If you still want to go ahead and store the data locally for better user experience, then you can use some of the caching mechanisms like Memcache, which provides faster retrieval of data. So listeners, that's all I had for today. Wait, what? We have just discussed only 6 of the 12 factors. What about the other 6? Since this podcast is already getting lengthy, I thought why not split it into 2? 
So, we are going to discuss the other six factors in our upcoming podcast. I hope you like the content and we'll come back again. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks again for joining. I'm signing off for today. We'll see you in our next podcast. Stay tuned.